And in the end, the weary warrior, whilst never wavering in his feelings, wallowed in his winnings. If you got to the top of the mountain and earned your chip, congratulations. If you got one more week to go on your journey, that's where we come in. Welcome to the meeting. This is Fantasy Addicts Anonymous, the only AA that's not for quitters. I'm your fantasy football mentor, Antoine Weisslicker. Follow me on all social media at Weisslicker. Be true to thine self, embrace your addiction, and earn your chip. We just finished up week 17. Most of us earned our fantasy football championships. Some of us still have one more week to go. If you have a week 18 fantasy football championship, lobby with your commissioner to get that shit changed. If you are a commissioner next year, change that shit so that you have a week 17 championship. But as we go through this, man, we saw Buffalo beat Atlanta. We saw Chicago beat the Giants. We saw Cincinnati pull out an upset win against the Kansas City Chiefs and won their division for the first time in a while to go into the playoffs. We saw the Arizona Cardinals beat the Dallas Cowboys. We saw the Tennessee Titans pull out one against the Miami Dolphins. The Las Vegas Raiders pulled out an upset victory over the Indianapolis Colts. New England gave Jacksonville a beatdown. New Orleans beat Carolina. Tampa Bay beat the Jets. Philadelphia beat Washington. The Chargers beat Denver. San Francisco beat Houston. Seattle beat Detroit. The Rams beat Baltimore. Green Bay beat Minnesota. And Pittsburgh in Big Ben's potential last home game beat the Cleveland Browns. So we're going into week 18. Things are going to be shaping out for the playoffs. Some teams may rest some players. Some teams may not. But we will see what happens. Now, before we get into our categories of the week, do want to inform you guys that the NFL has updated the scheduling for Saturday, January the 8th, as well as Sunday, January the 9th with the games. Um, the full schedule has been put up and the Saturday game is going to be the 430 game is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs facing off against the Denver Broncos. Uh, the implications of that particular game um, is that the Kansas City Chiefs, they have already clinched the AFC West, but they're possibly looking to lock up the number one seed in the AFC with a win over the Broncos. The other game, which will be the 8:30 game, 
will be the Dallas Cowboys facing off against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Philadelphia, excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys already have the NFC East title locked up. And the Eagles are already in the playoffs as a wild card entry. But this matchup is for seeding purposes. Honestly, neither one of those matchups should have been put on the Saturday game, on the Saturday, on the Saturday slate. Neither one of those games have massive implications as far as playoff contention is concerned. I mean, you're putting these things on Saturday. They're nationally televised games. They should have a little bit more at stake. But the Sunday night game is the one that has the most at stake. It is the Los Angeles Chargers at 9-7 and seven versus the Las Vegas Raiders at 9-7. and seven. They square off on a Sunday night game, and the winner will go to the playoffs. The loser is out, and they'll be sitting home during the offseason. Again, that game, I am glad went there because that game holds the most implications. Um, that's a big time. That's a big time game, and it should be at the tail end of the season. It should be the closeout game. I think the the league did a good job with that one. And maybe the Saturday games, because there were low implications, they put those ones first to kick off the week. But again, you're putting them on national television. The Chiefs and the Cowboys getting those nationally televised games when those nationally televised games could have been could have went to teams who had more at stake who battling for their playoff lives or seeding and things like that. But it's whatever, man. Uh, those are the games that will be on those on those two days. But on Sunday, uh, Pittsburgh versus Baltimore is going to be at 1 o'clock. Cincinnati versus Cleveland is going to be at 1 o'clock. Green Bay versus Detroit at 1. Tennessee versus Houston at 1. Uh, Indianapolis versus Jacksonville at 1. Uh, Chicago versus Minnesota at one, Washington versus the New York Giants at one, and then the four o'clock games, the four twenty-five games, we have Seattle versus Arizona, New Orleans versus Atlanta, the New York Jets versus Buffalo, San Francisco versus the L.A. Rams, New England versus Miami, and Carolina versus Tampa Bay. And like we said earlier, the Sunday night game will be the L.A. Chargers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, let's get into our categories of the week, starting off with the bad batch of the week. This, again, are starts or sits that go against our conventional research and wisdom that turns into a fuck-up. First up, we told you to sit them. Noah Fant versus the Los Angeles Chargers. He got 21.2 fantasy points this week. 
we told you to sit him, but he was going up against the second worst team when it comes to giving up fantasy points to the tight end position. That was incorrect of us to do. We just went by the fact that they weren't playing well. Should have stuck with our research. Should have stuck with what we know. And that would have that should have been a start for us. And it wasn't. Um, a person that we told you to start. But you should have sit him. Again, going against our conventional wisdom. We're thinking that he may be the only factor on the team. And that was Michael Carter versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were second best against running backs, giving up the second least points as far as fantasy is concerned to the running back position. And it showed he only got 7.3 fantasy points in this game. Those were bad batches. We fucked up. Should have told you better than that. If you listen to us and you did this, this is championship week or in playoff week, you suffer. Especially if you play Michael Carter, you suffer. I mean, if you didn't play Noah Fant, probably still got got through he was the number one tight end on the week so yeah if you played somebody else your opponent didn't have him so you didn't get upset too badly every other tight end basically went according to plan so this one really didn't hurt you with the Noah Fant thing but with the Michael Carter instance, it probably did hurt you if you played him and your opponent had somebody else like Rashad Penny or something like that who we're probably we're going to talk about a little bit later. Our good hits of the week were players that we told you to start that went against what Consensus was saying. Um, first up, Ramondre Stevenson. Um, we told you to start. Now, this probably wasn't going against conventional wisdom of, of what other people were saying, but we told you guys to start both him and Damian Harris in this matchup, and we knew it was going to work out for us. So we did start Ramondre Stevenson here, and he got us 22.7 fantasy points, 19 carries, 107 yards, with two touchdowns. The other one, people said, Yo, man, the team that they're playing, you don't want to put them out there. Leave them on the bench, man. Detroit is not going to have a good game against these guys. You can leave Amara St. Brown on the bench. We said no. You put him out there. And what did he do? He did better than what he did last week. And he gave you 35.4 fantasy points, eight receptions, 111 yards, and a touchdown off 11 targets. Now, again, they were saying, yo, they're playing Seattle. Don't do it. This game turned into a, a beatdown. Like, and that helped Amra St. Brown out a lot that this game actually turned into a beatdown. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks scored 51 points on these guys, man. It was bad. It was bad. They, they were beating them down. Our lows of the week. These are fantasy players that busted on us. Um, but the way we pick our lows of the week, these are people who had great, you know, on paper, they were supposed to put up decent numbers against these great matchups, but they did not do it. Not the people that you think should have had a great game, but we're talking about the people that went up against a very good matchup 
that they should have exploited, and they didn't. First up is George Kittle with 4.5 fantasy points. He was going up against a team that they were at the bottom of the league when it came to giving up fantasy points to the tight end position. Um, in Houston, and the team was playing pretty decent, but he didn't get the opportunities that we thought he was going to get in this game. He ended with 4.5 fantasy points. Up next, Jalen Waddle, 7.7 fantasy points. He was going up against a bottom three team against the wide receiver when it came to fantasy points. They were giving up an average of 24.9 fantasy points, and he only got 7.7 fantasy points. That is a low of the week for us. Um, And then finally, our last low of the week is going to be Jalen Hurts. He got 12.9 fantasy points going up against the worst defense against the quarterback position. They give up a league-high 25 fantasy points on average to the quarterback position, and he came up 12 points short of that. So 50% less points than the average is a low of the week for us. Unfortunately, that's the way it goes sometimes, but that's what it is. Our highs of the week are our fantasy players of the week. These guys gave us the best performances, and if you had them in your lineup, you had the positional advantage. And first up, we're talking about Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny gave you 32.5 fantasy points, 25 carries, 170 yards for two touchdowns. That is big-time performance from this guy. It also helped that they were up 50. They, they beat the team 51 to 29. That helps. You're running the ball because you're up. You don't have to worry about anything. You're just continuing to grind out the clock. And that's what they did here, man, giving them the ball 25 times. Uh, honestly, nobody expected Rashad Penny to be able to handle that type of workload, man. He He's very, he's very much so in, has been injury-prone. Uh, His entire career, he has stepped in when Chris Carson has been out for the rest of the year, and he's finally gotten healthy, and he's had some tremendous games in the last few weeks here, and he's turning into a league winner for people. Um, You know, when we talk about league winners, we're talking about people that step up in the playoffs or right before the playoffs, so... In week 14, he got you there. If you survived week 15, which was the first week of the playoffs, if you survived week 15, he only had 6.4 fantasy points. But if you survived week 15, you came in week 16, he got you 19 fantasy points. And then in the championship game here, he finished you off with 32.5 fantasy points. That's league winner status for you. If you're going into next week and you have to play Um, a fantasy football championship in week 18. He might be a league winner for you. He might not. But if your fantasy football playoff started in week 16 and this performance was helping you get to the championship, that's what I mean when I say this guy was a league winner for you. 
Um, and and that's that's big time performance. Next up, our other high of the week, quarterback Joe Burrow. Second week in a row, he got you 34.8 fantasy points. He was 30 for 39 for 446 yards, four touchdowns off 77% completions. He kept it going, man. And again, if you started your uh, fantasy football playoffs in week 16, he got you 38 points. And this week, he got you 34 points, and he's moving you in to the championship week. But again, if you started your your playoffs in week 15, if you survived it, he only gave you 12.7 fantasy points. But if you survived it, got to the next round, he got you into the next round, and this was the clinching of the championship for you. That's league winner status, 34.8 fantasy points. And finally, our final high of the week was the number one overall player in fantasy football this week. It was Jamar Chase. Again, most people, if you're like me, I survived that 1.3 fantasy point bust game that he gave you. I survived because, you know, we got to the next round. He gave you 19.5 fantasy points last week. But this week, finishing you off, if you had him in your championship rounds, you won the championship because of this guy here. 55.6 fantasy points with 11 receptions for 266 yards, three touchdowns off of 12 targets. If you have fantasy championships in week 18, the Cincinnati Bengals have already clinched the NFC North. I believe this week coming up, they'll be playing for seeding. So they may not rest, guys. But if you have a week 18 championship, Talk to your commissioner about changing it because you're going to have a lot of players that may have gotten you to the championship game that aren't going to be available to you. I can tell you right now that the Green Bay Packers are not going to play any of their guys. They've already locked up the number one seed overall in the NFC uh, because of their win. So even if they lost and a team like the Rams or the uh, Cowboys do win, they've already owned that tiebreaker. So there's no reason for them to even play their guys. And again, with Cincinnati, that may be the same thing with them. They've already clinched the North. They might not even need to play anybody else. So that's something that you're going to have to watch out for. And again, when you're playing in those Week 18 championships, you know, you have players that aren't eligible, that are probably aren't going to play. They're not going to tell you that they're not going to play until right before the game. It it ruins the integrity of how much work you put into this season, where you're going to have players that got you to the championship, 
that probably aren't going to play. So implore your commissioner next season to change that shit from the week 18 championships to a week 17 championship to make the league all the way competitive, man. Because you when you go to week 18 championships with players that you're, you, you don't even know whether or not they're going to play, it fucks you up, man. It fucks you up. Now, last week's thanks for nothing performances of the week went to Malik Turner. He didn't log a single catch this week. Byron Pringle only gave you 6.5 fantasy points this week. And Isaiah McKenzie from the Buffalo Bills only gave you 1.9 fantasy points this week. That's why they were on the thanks for nothing performances of the week last week. Because we knew that they don't do this often. But thank you. Thanks for nothing. This week's thanks for nothing performances of the week. First up goes to Christian Wilkerson. The wide receiver from the New England Patriots. That's right. Because New England was beating the living shit out of the Jets. Not the Jets, excuse me. Was beating the living shit out of the Jags. They decided, we're just going to put in some of our third and fourth stringers. We're going to let them go out there. We're going to let them play. And Christian Wilkerson was one of them. He scored 20.2 fantasy points, four receptions off with 42 yards, two touchdowns off of eight targets. Thank you, Christian, for nothing. Your performance, sir, helped no one, absolutely no one. You had no snaps prior to this game. We didn't even know you were on the roster prior to this game. Nobody knew who you were. Nobody. Hell, nigga, me and you got the same last name and I don't even know you. (laughs) Like, why? Why must people do this, man? We out here, we looking at Jacoby Myers. We looking at Kendrick Bourne. We looking at um, Hunter Henry. No, Christian Wilkerson. Most fantasy points for the receiver this week from the New England Patriots. Thank you, sir, for nothing. And our second, (coughs) excuse me, and our second thanks for nothing performance of the week goes to two of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers receivers. (coughs) Cyril Grayson, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, put up 20.1 fantasy points, six receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown off of eight targets. Now, the reason why I said two of the Buff- of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers receivers is because thank you to Antonio Brown for nothing because you taking your pads off, taking your shirt off, leaving the fucking game. Led to Cyril Grayson being able to come in and have this stat line to be 
on the thanks for nothing performance of the week. And thank you, Antonio Brown, because of your ass and your actions, you cost people championships. Because you left the game mid-game with only two receptions for 20-some-odd yards. You left the game early. You cost people championships. So thank you, Antonio Brown, for nothing. Your performance, sir, helped no one. And thank you, Cyril Grayson, for stepping up, being a good, good teammate, and filling in for Antonio Brown and getting that 20.1 fantasy points that nobody, nobody had on their roster. Those are empty calorie points out there. Now, there will not be a don't go chasing points segment on this one. Because, again, we're talking about the week 18 coming up. Everybody's fair game. You got to get who you can get. You got to fill in for players that probably will be sitting, being that their team is not playing for anything. And... Unfortunately, a lot of the coaches, they hold their stuff close to the vest, so they're not going to tell you whether or not these players are going to play. You can only speculate. And just like I did earlier, I speculated that the Green Bay Packers are probably going to rest some of their players, especially Aaron Rodgers. I believe they're going to rest him, let him get his foot rested. Uh, They get... The first round body will let him rest for two weeks. He'll get his practice. He ain't, he ain't practice in fucking weeks. So he doesn't really need the practice. So they'll let him rest for a couple weeks and, and have him ready for the first playoff game for them in a couple weeks here. But everybody else, we have no idea who they're going to start, who they're not going to play who they're going to put out there, who they're not going to put out there. So we're not going to do a don't go chasing points segment because if you're going in a week 18, everybody is up for grabs. It does not matter. We're going to go get them. And, but last week was Rex Burkhead. He had 28.9 fantasy points last week. And this week he finished with 13.9 fantasy points. We told you, don't expect that same level of production from him. He didn't get that same level of production. However, he did reach our threshold, which is good. And if you had him in your lineup, you probably had that positional advantage if he was in your flex or whatnot. Uh, 13.9 fantasy points in the flex position was pretty good this week. So, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about the other performances, good performances, bad performances of the week. Let's get into it. At the tight end position, we talked about Noah Fant, 21.2 fantasy points for the game. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, 18.5. Mark Andrews, 14.9 fantasy points. Um, Travis Kelsey, 13.4 fantasy points. Dallas Goddard, 13.1 fantasy points. Tyler Higby, 12.9. David Njoku having a good game, 12.8 fantasy points. Anthony Ferkshire, he was supposed to be relevant all year. He's been irrelevant all year, but gave you a good performance this time, 11.4 fantasy points. Dalton Schultz, 11.4 fantasy points as well. 
Zach Ertz, 11.1 fantasy points, and Jeff Swam, 9.9 fantasy points. Some of those bust performances uh, from guys that we were looking to give us, you know, more than eight fantasy points. Gerald Everett, 6.6 fantasy points. Not a really good game for him. Uh, John Bates, he even got an opportunity with Rich Seal, Ricky Seals-Jones going down. Uh, but 6.5 fantasy points out of him. Uh, Cole Komet, 5.5 fantasy points. George Kittle, we talked about earlier, 4.5 fantasy points. Uh, Jonu Smith, 3.5 fantasy points. Another bust game out of him. Evan Ingram, 2.2 fantasy points. Another bust game out of him. Uh, Foster Monroe, who we thought was going to be good this week in a juicy matchup. Unfortunately, that was one of our misses for the week. Uh, 1.9 fantasy points. Brevin Jordan, 1.9 fantasy points as well. Um, you know, Kyle Rudolph didn't register a point. Neither did Dawson Knox. So those are the things that happens there with those particular players. Unfortunately, they didn't get the job done for us. And again, if, if you were in your championship week, might have cost you. Jamar Chase, we talked about him, number one wide receiver overall, number one player overall in fantasy this week, 55.6 fantasy points. Amra St. Brown, 35.4 fantasy points. DK Metcalf, 30.9 fantasy points. Devontae Adams gave us another good performance, 30.6 fantasy points. Braxton Berrios, who I was facing in uh, the playoffs my opponent had Braxton Berrios, but luckily I had Jamar Chase. So his 25 points didn't do a thing, man. Didn't do a thing for me. Um, 25.7 fantasy points for Braxton Berrios. Uh, Cooper Cup, who has brought you to the dance and led you all the way through the dance, man. 21.5 fantasy points. Jacoby Myers, 21.3 fantasy points. Um, Jacoby Myers, man. I mean, he's been... He's been the yardage guy, man, but he got his first TD this week, man, and that's that's big for him. Uh, Waits to the last two game, next to the last game of the season to go ahead and get a touchdown. Hunter Renfro, twenty point six fantasy points. Christian Wilkerson, we talked about him earlier in the show here, twenty point two fantasy points. Cyril Grayson, twenty point one fantasy points. That rounds out all the guys that scored above 20 at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, as far as bus performances at the wide receiver position, T. Higgins, 9.2 fantasy points. Corlin Sutton, another bus game, 9 fantasy points. Uh, Devontae Parker, 8.6 fantasy points. Devontae Smith, uh, 8.4 fantasy points. C.D. Lamb, 8.1 fantasy points. Uh, Russell... Gage, eight fantasy points. Jalen Waddle, seven point seven fantasy points. And the Jalen Waddle thing, I thought I think that really hurt people. They were looking for him to be a factor for them in their championship games, and he didn't get the job done this week for you. Another bust performance out of Allen Robinson, seven point five fantasy points. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr., six point six fantasy points. Another bus performance out of A.J. Brown, 6.1 fantasy points. Um, D.J. Moore, 5.9 fantasy points. Antonio Brown, 5.6 fantasy points after leaving the game early. 
Um, we'll talk more about him a little bit later on here. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, 3.3 fantasy points, another bust game. Robbie Anderson, 3 fantasy points, another bust game out of him. You know, you, you, you drafted these guys, you put these guys on your rosters in order for them to, to be viable fantasy options for you. And pretty much all year we've said those same names um, as bust candidates, as well as Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay gave you zero fantasy points. Not that you would have played him anyways, but it's just unfortunate that he's been that bad all year long. Um, it's just unfortunate that he's been that bad all year long. And you drafted him, you drafted him to be good, and he hasn't been. Uh, Rashad Penny, number one running back on the week. 32.5 fantasy points. Najee Harris, number two running back on the week, 29.6 fantasy points. Excuse me. Uh, Daryl Williams, 25.7 fantasy points. Boston Scott, 24.6 fantasy points. Devin Singletary, 23 fantasy points. Ramondre Stevenson, 22.7 fantasy points. A.J. Dillon, 22.3. Alvin Kamara, 21. Elijah Mitchell, 21 as well. Uh, 20.8 fantasy points for Jarrett Patterson. Uh, he was the running back that filled in for Antonio Gibson on the Washington football team as they lost that game 16-20. to 20. Um, Austin Eckler, 20.2 fantasy points. And David Montgomery rounding out the 20-point running backs with 20.1 fantasy points. You know, bus performances, performances where we were looking for guys to be better. Uh, Devonta Freeman, 8.7 fantasy points. Michael Carter, 7.3 fantasy points. Uh, Cordell Patterson, 7.2 fantasy points. Didn't do a good job there. DeAndre Swift, 5.9 fantasy points. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, 6.5 fantasy points. Um, who else we had down here? Dalvin Cook, 4.3 fantasy points. Javante Williams, 4.2 fantasy points. Ezekiel Elliott, 4 fantasy points. Ronald Jones, he got injured in the game. Uh, him and Keyshawn Vaughn both got injured in the game. Uh, so they leaned on Le'Veon Bell towards the tail end of the game. But um, Ronald Jones, 3.7 fantasy points. Now, I know a lot of people, a lot of people started him um, because the matchup was so great. People put Ronald Jones out there. And, of course, they're going to utilize this as a reason to say, hey, I'm not touching this guy anymore. Because I understand. They, they've done this with uh, other running backs in the past as well, other players. We do this where if in championship week, we put them out there and we think they're supposed to have that juicy matchup and they cost us in championship week. Not saying Ronald Jones did anything for us the entire year, but in other cases, I've seen it where a player bust out in a championship week, cost them a championship, and they forget about all the things that they did leading up to that particular point. Those players got you there. And, you know, the players that the Dalvin Cooks, the Ezekiel Elliott's, we can see that hitting the DeAndre Swift's being that 
he got injured right before playoff time. He didn't get you leading up into, and then when he finally did come back in championship week, you held on to him and you put him out there and he only gave you 5.9 fantasy points. I could see those guys getting that, um, you know, that, uh, that treatment next season when it comes to draft time. Um, and I think the same thing will be said for Nick Chubb as well. Uh, 5.8 fantasy points. You know, when you get burned in the in the um, in the championship game, but you also have to look at the fact that it was the the play calling and the coaching staff that didn't provide Nick Chubb with a lot of carries this game. Um, so again, you know, I can see why people are going to say, "Hey, I don't want to draft this guy." Uh, Philip Lindsay gave us. Uh, nine, excuse me, 1.9 fantasy points. Miles Gaskins, 2.3 fantasy points. Jordan Howard, 2.6 fantasy points. You know, we assumed Jordan Howard was going to be a little bit bigger of a role there, but it was the Boston Scott show. It was the Boston Scott show for sure. You know. Um, at the quarterback position, uh, great performances coming from the quarterbacks, again, we talked about Joe Burrow earlier in the show here, 34.8 fantasy points. Russell Wilson, 27.8 fantasy points. Tom Brady, 26.4 fantasy points. Dak Prescott, 23.4 fantasy points. Kyler Murray, 22.9. Mac Jones showing up. I told you guys to bench him, man. I didn't think he was going to be that great. I thought it was going to be... I thought it was going to be a performance where, of course, they blew him out, but I thought it was going to be more of a running game performance. They were going to, you know, get a good lead and then let the guys just run the clock out. But 22.2 fantasy points out of Mac Jones. Josh Allen, 20.9 fantasy points. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 20.8 fantasy points. And rounding out the 20-point guys was Aaron Rodgers, at 20.3 fantasy points. You know, um, again, under 15 is our threshold for bus performances. So you get another one from Ryan Tannehill, under 15 fantasy points. Drew Locke, under 15. Zach Wilson, under 15. Uh, Sean Manning, under 15. We talked about Jalen Hurts earlier in the show with 12.9 fantasy points. Hunley, uh, 12.2 fantasy points. Derek Carr, another bust performance, 12.2 fantasy points. Andy Dalton in his start, 11.3 fantasy points. Carson Wentz, another bust performance, 10.9 fantasy points. Trevor Lawrence, 10.3. Taylor Heineke, 10.2. Matt Ryan, again, another bust performance, 6.5 fantasy points for him. Tua Tungvaloa as well, 5.3. Sam Darnold, 2.8 fantasy points. It's just bad for those guys out there, man. And um, it's going to really, again, next year is going to hurt their draft stock as far as fantasy football is concerned. And that's just what it's going to be with those guys. And so that's what that is. Now, I know a lot of people saw the Antonio Brown situation. They saw him, you know, leave the sidelines. Took off his pads, took off his shirt, his gloves, threw it in the stands. Wild play was active, left the game. Now, there are people out there saying they're citing, you know, mental health issues with them. 
They're also citing he could potentially have CTE. There are rumors stating that the Bucks didn't want him to get his incentives when they allowed him to get incentives last season. He was on the team. I don't know why they would not not want him to get incentives this season when his first game back off of his suspension, they got him the ball just fine. You know, this was just a game where the Jets were winning. Um, They did have the opportunity to come back. They actually did come back in this game and win without him. Uh, Him being on the field, of course, probably would have made that a lot lot smoother, a lot easier for Tom Brady and the gang to, to, to make that happen. But I don't buy the they didn't want him to have his incentives bullshit. That's nonsense if you ask me. Um, as far as the other things, Bruce Arians said that he's no longer a buck and said that he asked him to go back in the game twice. Antonio Brown refused. On Antonio Brown's side of the, the coin, they're refuting it, saying that he was injured. He told people he was injured, and that's why he didn't go back in. Either way, man, you don't do what you did. You don't bail out on your team. You don't quit on your team. Now, even with Bruce Arian saying he's no longer a buck, the Bucks didn't cut him. They have not cut him as of yet. And reason being, I, they're probably not cutting him. They may be speaking with the league office. There's also reports that they're looking at whether or not he is going to try to file a grievance with them, saying that they were trying to force him to play injured, things like that. I don't want. I don't care about none of that stuff. All I know is this guy does things the wrong way every time he does it. You don't walk out on your team in the middle of a fucking game. I don't care about all that backstage politics and bullshit. I don't care about that sideline bullshit, all the stuff behind the scenes in the organization. You don't walk out on your team in the middle of a fucking ball game. You just don't. You gave up on your team, your brothers at arms, the the guys that go to war with you in the trenches. You gave up on them. That's some fucked up shit. Those dudes out there, they take hits for you. Your offensive linemen, they take hits for you to get out there and get the ball and, and shine and score touchdowns. As much as I don't like Tom Brady, he gets out there, he takes hits to deliver you the fucking football for you to be able to get out there, score touchdowns, and make the money that you're making. You do not quit on those guys on the field. I don't care how you feel about the coaching staff, the organization, the owner of the fucking team. Don't care about that shit. You don't walk out on your people that play on the field with you. I don't think this guy should ever play football again that's just my opinion other people might be like well give him another chance give him another chance I don't care nothing about that shit I don't care about fucking CTE mental health I don't care about none of that shit you don't walk out on your teammates that shit is fucked up and I think he should never play in the league again but that's a discussion for another day that's what other people to talk about not us here on Fantasy Egg. 
Now, moving on to the injury updates, the COVID updates uh, that came out today. As you guys know, we record these on Mondays. So the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they're going to conclude their season without Bobby Wagner. He's going to miss week 18. He suffered sprains to his MCL and his PCL. Uh, He's going to have a little bit of a recovery period. The Seahawks, I don't believe, are in the playoffs, so they don't have a a means of getting into the playoffs, so they don't have a scenario or a path to the playoffs. So they'll finish out this week without uh, Bobby Wagner, and he can go ahead and get his rehab done for the season and uh, for the on a, during the offseason, and I believe he'll be back and ready for next season. Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, he's not believed to have suffered a serious knee injury. Uh, they're saying that he could have gone back into the game. There's been photographs and video of him dancing, smoking a cigar because of the victory. They did clinch the division, which is great. Um, but I just felt like he got hurt on a mean in this play, man. Uh, you guys didn't need to do it, all of this. Um, if you wanted to score a touchdown, you could have just gave, given the ball to Joe Mixon multiple times, try to get him to go in, uh, or you could have just kicked the field goal. It, it was no need for this. I understand they didn't want um, Patrick Mahomes to get the ball back with any time left, but putting him back there, for him to throw a couple times against that all-out rush and your offensive line has not been great all year. This guy has been sacked over 45 times. Just run the fucking football and let it go, man. It was a meaningless play that he got hurt on. So even if the knee injury is not that serious, he still has a fucking knee injury going into week 18. Now, you can potentially rest him. You don't have to play him in week 18. You don't. You've already clinched the division. You're already in the playoffs. You can rest him, but still, you shouldn't have to do this because he shouldn't have gotten a fucking knee injury in the first place. Simple. Simple. Um, Cleveland Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski told reporters after the Monday night loss that running back Nick Chubb, who only had two, excuse me, only had 12 carries. In this game was limited due to a rib injury. However, during the actual broadcast, the commentators and the sideline reporters said that he was not injured. They said that they didn't get an injury designation from these people. But here he comes after the game saying that he had a rib injury. No, motherfucker, you just didn't want to play him because you guys don't have anything to play for. And you were looking for better seating. That's it. You're looking for better seating for a better draft pick. Just say that. Don't come up with these phantom ass injuries. How come you guys didn't say he had a rib injury in the first half? Because they asked at halftime whether or not this man had an injury because he only had four carries in the first half. Why didn't you say that before? I don't like coaches that, that aren't forthright with the people. Like, don't lie to the people, man. You told the sideline people during the game that he didn't have an injury, but after the game, after y'all lost, and he only had 12 carries, didn't you going to say, he was limited due to a ribbon. You could have said that 
in the game. You could have said that during halftime of the game. You could have said that. It's fucking ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. Baker Mayfield said after the game as well, he's going to have surgery to prepare his, to repair his injured so, shoulder. He doesn't know when, uh, but he's going to do that. Uh, Greedy Williams suffered shoulder injury in this game as well. Um, and linebacker Sinone, he uh, was ruled out with a shoulder injury as well. So shoulder injuries are going around for those guys. Uh, Dallas Cowboys receiver Michael Gallup suffered a clean torn ACL tear. Why did I say torn ACL tear? <laughs> Sometimes you hear yourself back. It's torn ACL uh, on Sunday, and he's going to miss, of course, the rest of the year. He's going to have to rehab and everything like that. Uh, Denver Broncos guard Dalton Risner, he suffered a partial UCL tear. No surgery is needed um, here, and he should make a full recovery in about four weeks or so. Um Kicker Brandon McManus and punter Sam Martin were placed on the COVID list. Defensive tackle Jonathan Harris and wide receiver Seth Williams were promoted to the active roster off of the COVID list. Penne Sewell for the Detroit Lions, Taylor Decker, the offensive lineman, and Austin Bryant, the linebacker, were placed on the COVID list. Uh, they activated Brian, excuse me, uh, Brock Wright, Rodney Smith, Josh Reynolds, and Michael Brockers. Green Bay Packers head coach Mike LaFleur, excuse me, Matt LaFleur. Mike LaFleur is the offensive coordinator for the Jets. But Matt LaFleur says that David Bakhtiari will return to practice this week. They want to see how he's going to do. He's probably not going to play in week 18. They're probably going to save him. They're not playing for anything, man. They have the first round by already. So, being that they locked up the number one seed in the NFC. So, they don't have to play him. So, I probably wouldn't even see him out there. Uh, Houston Texans placed defensive back Justin Reed on the COVID list. The Indianapolis Colts, they say that cornerback Xavier, Xavier Rhodes suffered a hamstring injury. He's going to be day-to-day moving forward. And Malik Jefferson was activated from the COVID list. Las Vegas Raiders, who on Sunday they will be playing for a playoff spot, states that Darren Waller, they, particip- they anticipate that he'll be participating in practice. He hasn't played since week 12 due to back and knee injuries. But, of course, because they're playing for a playoff spot, they're probably going to want to go ahead and put him back on the field uh, and let him go ahead and play. The Los Angeles Rams take Raymond Calais, running back off of the uh, COVID list, but he reverts back to the injured reserve list, however, with his injury. The Dolphins activate John Jenkins, the defensive tackle, and receiver Preston Williams off of the IR list. Um, The Minnesota Vikings, Christian Derrishaw, 
Eric Kendricks, those guys get put onto the COVID list and they activated Patrick Jones, the defensive end, off the COVID list. The New York Giants suffer another injury at quarterback. Mike Glennon is gonna suffer is gonna undergo season-ending surgery on his wrist. He has to go ahead and get that surgery done. So that'll be down to Jake Fromm. New York Jets left tackle Makai Becton. He will not return to practice this week, nor will he play. That means he's going to miss the entire season with that knee injury. After initial diagnosis says he would probably be back three to four weeks, he missed the entire season with an MCL sprain. Meanwhile, Michael Carter, the running back, goes into concussion protocol. The guy... He's been in and out of the lineup all year, all season. You know, if you're in Dynasty Leagues, I don't know, man. You know, you could potentially, you could do both. You could probably sell them off if you don't want to keep an an injury guy on your team, an injured guy on your team. Or you could probably buy low if somebody thinks he's going to continue to be injured. Both come with risks. But Michael Carter, he has shown when he's in the lineup, he has been a a pretty good player. Uh, And being a rookie, we anticipate that he'll only get better. But we don't know about this this Jets organization. We don't know what they're going to do here. Um, I'm going to be honest, man. Robert Sala and his coaching staff has not done the best of jobs, in my opinion. Other people might think they have whatever. I don't think he he and his coaching staff have had the New York Jets ready to play football at the highest level. That's just me. But if they do keep him, uh, it'll be interesting to see if Michael Carter can carve out a bigger role and stay healthy next season. The Philadelphia Eagles running back, Miles Sanders, with that hand injury, is not expected to play on Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys. The reason being is the Philadelphia Eagles already have a playoff berth. They have clinched a playoff berth. They don't have to win this game. They don't have to win this game if they don't want to. They're here. They are already here. Now, they placed a lot of players on the COVID list, but they still do have a chance to play even though they tested positive. That is Fletcher Cox, Dallas Goddard, and... Jason Kelsey, they all were placed on the COVID list, but again, they do have an opportunity to play along with them going on there. The following players have also been added to the list. Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, that leaves if they are going into this, as far as running backs are concerned, if they're going into this week, the only running back that I believe that they have available on the roster would be Kenneth Gainwell. So, and uh, safety Rodney McLeod has gone on there as well as linebacker Alex Singleton. Um, the San Francisco 49ers placed Jimmy Ward and defensive back Deontay Johnson, running back Raheem Mostert, and corner Kawan Williams on the COVID list. 
who the fuck did Raheem Mostert get near to? What the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> like, you haven't played all year. Whatever. Um, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they will be next week without Antonio Brown uh, in seeing what they're going to do with him. Chris Godwin, he was out for the remainder of the season. He went, he underwent surgery uh, successfully on Monday here. Uh, there was no meniscus damage, so he's expected to make a full recovery. He had an MCL and an ACL tear. Um, as soon as he's able to heal and get back to work, we'll see what happens with him. Again, he was playing under the franchise tag, so he is set to be a free agent. Um, I believe the Bucks could franchise tag him again. I think they still have that two franchise tag shit that you can do. So we'll see about that. The Tennessee Titans activated Julio Jones, uh, linebacker Javon Brown, and tackle Kendall Lamb off of the of the, off of the COVID list. There has also been talks whether or not Derrick Henry will be available to play Week 18. Uh, the Tennessee Titans. They can still, you know, they right now they currently have the number one seed in the AFC. I think they might want to try to hold on to it. So I don't know if you put Derrick Henry out there and then you would be able to rest him next week or the following week, excuse me, because you have the first round bye. It may be, hey, you put him out there just to get him some reps, get him, get him back in a game shape, try to get him in a game shape, get him some live reps. You can do that with him. But that's that remains to be seen. We'll check that out when we have more information on that. When we do uh, the show again this week, I'll probably be on Friday as well. Um, being that there's no Thursday night game, I don't rush it. I like, I like the fact that, that we were able to check out the Thursday practices to see where everybody was. We came out with our start sits out of 185 start sits options. We got 122 of them correct. That's 66%. So us being able to look at that Thursday practice schedule helped us out a lot, I believe, and gave us the opportunity for us to, advance in the playoffs if we have a week 18 championship and win championships if we were playing in championships here i was participating in uh four championships i won three out of the four championships that i was competing in um two of them were best ball leagues and then i am still alive in my Big Money League, uh, we're playing for a $1,000 pot here. So, I know most people are like, oh, that's not really a big money league. It depends on, I mean, how much money you guys are looking at. You know, some people go way, way out there with the amount of money that they're spending on these things, but it's whatever. Uh, $1,000 is the, the prize money for that. And looking to try to win that, man. The team is anchored by Jamar Chase and Jonathan Taylor, who have done me justice all year long. Uh, I've had a lot of injuries on the team with Lamar Jackson, Darren Waller, 
and DeAndre Swift. But if we can get all those guys back and humming, I think I can uh, pull out this victory and win that championship. But as far as what we're looking at right now, not too many big injuries happen. Um, but the waiver wire pickups that we're going to be looking at, man, um, we don't know the status of Antonio Gibson. We're going to be going out there um, at the running back position. Jared Patterson, we're going to be looking at him. We're going to be looking at Rex Burkhead again. I know I told you guys don't go chasing the points, but at this particular point in time, man, you're going into a Week 18 championship. You need everybody on your roster that you could get because you do not know who's going to play or not because some teams can rest guys and it's not going to be beneficial for you. But our number one running back that we will be picking up here, um, I would say based on, let's see what we got as far as the matchups are concerned. Who's Washington playing? Washington's playing the Giants. Uh, Houston is playing. Who's Houston playing? Tennessee. Eh. Michael Carter's going to be out. The Jets are playing Buffalo. None of these matchups are really, really good here. Um, for me to just flat out say who's the number one. Miami is going to play New England. So Duke Johnson might not be a good. Honestly, I mean, you're going to have to take a shot at pretty much all of these guys. Um, but I would put them in the order of Rex Burkhead because he's the starter over there. Uh, Ty Johnson. It was Ty Johnson and Duke Johnson are, are second and third to A, to B. And then Jared Patterson, just in case, uh, with Antonio Gibson. I don't know if Antonio Gibson is going to be out again. I mean, he was a scratch. Like late. So at the quarterback position, again, if you didn't get Trey Lance on the team, you might want to go ahead and pick him up. Uh, Mac Jones, he's playing Miami. I don't think you, even though Miami is not really playing for anything, they still have a pretty good defense out there and they're known for blitzing. But Trey Lance is the guy that you should have gotten last week. Um, you might want to pick him up again if you if you haven't gotten him. Um, I think people could take a shot on Jordan Love as well on the waiver wire. Um, I understand that reports have come out and Aaron Rodgers said he wants to play next week. But let's be honest, man. There is no reason for Aaron Rodgers to be out on the field next week. Week 18, a meaningless game. There's no reason for you to be out on the field. Get you a couple weeks of rest. Rest up your foot. We already know you don't need practice. You haven't practiced in, since you injured your foot. We don't need you to... You don't need to practice. It's okay. Jordan Love could be a pretty good pickup for you. Um, Also, because the Eagles, again... They're not playing for anything. They might sit Jalen Hurts. So uh, Garner Minshew, it could be a good pickup for you um, just to get you some garbage time stuff there. Um, I think Baltimore is playing for for a playoff spot. I think there's a scenario where they can 
uh, get in. So I don't know if they're going to play Lamar Jackson or not, but you want to be prepared for that as well. Hunley, you want to put him on your team if you don't already have him. Um, let me see where the... Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens are in the hunt. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win over the excuse me, with a win over the Steelers, plus a Chargers loss to the Raiders and a Colts loss to the Jags and a Dolphins loss to the Patriots. Plus what? Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, they already got the first part of it says plus a loss, a Browns loss in their final two games, one one being the Steelers. So they, they already got that. They got that help. The Browns have lost to the Steelers already. They would need the Dolphins to lose to the Patriots, the Colts to lose to the Jags, and they would need to win over the Steelers. I mean – it's a lot. But they're still playing for something. But if Lamar Jackson is not available to go, then, of course, Huntley will be on your – you would need to have him on your team. Of course, Braxton Berrios, being that all their receivers are still injured, Braxton Berrios is giving you four straight weeks of double-digit fantasy points. You should have been had him on your team. We talked about him before. Uh, Rashad Bateman, we talked about him as well. You want to have him, uh, but our number one uh, wide receiver pickup will probably be Cedric Wilson of the Dallas Cowboys. I think they utilize him in a in a role that is a little bit different from what Michael Gallup has done, and he has shown that he's been pretty decent in that role. Um. As far as with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we saw Cyril Grayson fill in for Antonio Brown. I don't know if that's the way they're going to go next week, but he's worth a shot to have on your roster, uh, as well as Las Vegas receiver Zay Jones. You want to put as many players on your roster as you can because you don't know who's going to be sitting and who won't be sitting when it comes close to that time. At the tight end position, C.J. Uzama, John Bates, Anthony Ferkshire, and Jeff Swong. You want to bring all those guys onto your team. If Derrick Henry is playing next week, those uh, Tennessee tight ends and Ferkshire and Swam, you could probably do without them. But, again, going into Week 18, you want to put as many players on your roster as you can that may play, and you want to go ahead and eliminate anybody on your team that's not playing. We are, we're not at a point where we're holding, unless you're in a dynasty format. But if you're in a redraft format, any player that's injured, not going to be playing, you could just drop them at this particular point and pick up people who may get some burn. Man, you need players on your team that are going to play in order for you to win your championship. Man, I wish you guys nothing. But the best in your opponent, nothing but the worst in this week 18 matchup that you're going to have for your fantasy football championships. I, too, myself was in that boat. 
trying to win a championship in week 18. I don't like it at all. I hate it. But it's going to be what it's going to be. And we're going to get out there and do what we do best. And that's be true to thyself. Embrace your addiction and earn your chip. I'll see you guys on the next one. I'm out.